We are back with another best hits for you today. As always, if you didn't know, every seventh week, I take a little mental health break to recharge the old batteries, as well as dig into the archives to replay a listener fave you may have never heard yet. So today, I'm resharing episode 117, featuring the James freaking Victory. This dude brings an absurd amount of bold, tough love, yet extremely empowering energy to the table. Your ear holes, your heart, and your soul will be extremely grateful after listening. And next week, we are back on featuring my homegirl, Karen Nguyen of Sweet Afternoon Baked Goods. You're going to love this one, especially if you're struggling with getting inspiration for content creation and repurposing and boosting your social media presence. It's loaded. So stay tuned and let's get into this banger today featuring James Victoria. I've realized that when I challenge myself and when I put myself in these situations, again, living dangerously, hey, James, why don't you just move to small town Texas and try to make a living as an international <laughs> designer and, you know, continue your world domination from a ranch. But you know what? With the right attitude and with the right perspective, you know, you, you can't stop me. Perspective Podcast is fuel for your mind and creative grind. Each week, my guests and I provide the skills for thinking bigger, overcoming adversity, and making an impact with your work. What's going on? This is episode 117 of the Perspective Podcast. My name is Scotty Russell of Perspective Collective, and I'm here to help you build a killer side hustle and elevate your brand outside your day job. At the end of each episode, I share a listener of the week, so stick around to figure out how you can get a shout out on a future episode in the show notes as well as in the newsletter. Today, we have on a special guest who epitomizes everything I stand for in terms of serving and empowering my fellow creatives while still putting out my own unique and quirky work and message into this world. That's a mouthful. But I'm talking about the one and only James Victory, who's been kicking ass and taking names from his pocket of the planet in Texas. James has won an Emmy. He's been featured in the Museum of Modern Art multiple times in multiple places all across the world. He's received tons of accolades and recognitions over the years as an artist and designer. However, his biggest impact, in my opinion, is his role as a teacher and helping us live bold lives as creatives. He's got a killer podcast called Dangerous Ideas that's sure to light a fire under your ass through his Patreon and YouTube channel. And his latest book, Feck Perfection, yes, that's right, so... Buckle in as James and I go head on into rough terrain topics like having dangerous ideas to avoid being oatmeal. Stick with us. That'll make sense. Using pain, failure, and adversity as your teachers. How your quality of life is based on attitude and perspective. Getting uncomfortable and not living on default mode. And how creating for yourself can have meaning to others. And that's pretty powerful when we get into that. Let's spread this episode like wildfire by sharing it with your friends and your following. Do what you always do and take a screenshot of you listening or watching the new YouTube videos or um, take a screenshot of you jamming out to the conversation while you're creating. I love seeing that. Make sure you share it on your Instagram stories and tag both James and I to make sure we see it. And for today, you can find everything James and I talk about in the show notes at perspective-collective.com slash 117 along with the video of this episode. And as always, keep an open mind and act on anything that inspires you today. Let's go. PC family, today I'm sitting here with James freaking Victory, and he's joining us today. I know he's had 
Uh, so rough last months of getting back from an injury. We don't have to talk about it. We can talk about that. But other than that, how are you doing today? Thank you so much for your time. I'm fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm fucking awesome too. I know we, I know we both have some things going on in our lives right now, but we respond to adversity, right? Mm-hmm. Just life. Just keep on living. All right, all right. I like that Matthew McConaughey style. I know you're probably tired of doing this, but for just a brief Wikipedia page summary about yourself, for those who are in the listenership that don't know, I can get to know you real quick. Oh, you know, I think uh, we always hate this question. Traditionally, I, um, I, uh, I was a commercial designer um, and I taught at the School of Visual Arts for, you know, 20 years in New York. Um, and then I woke up one day and I said, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty good designer, meaning I can get into the Museum of Modern Art and um, the Stedelijk Museum and the Louvre and, you know, museums around the world. But I realized that I'm a much better teacher. And I also realized that at the School of Visual Arts, I was teaching a third year graphic design course and I actually wasn't teaching graphic design because I don't know those things. I don't know, you know, how to teach typography or how to teach color appreciation or how to teach those things. So my job was to, um, uh, you know, urge students how to, uh, how to think, how to think for themselves. Uh, and now I find myself, well, what I say now is I have become Moses for creative people. Yeah, I saw that on your Instagram. Yep. I try to help them uh, become uh, uh, better and happier creatives. You're one of the OGs in the game for sure. You've been doing this for a while. Yeah. You have this loose style. It's, it's, it's unapologetic. It's aggressive, yet it's still full of love and respect. And I love the, the poster series that you did with my brothers over at Industry Print Shop. Like, what would you say your style is and what is the message that you're trying to put into this world? Um, you know, I don't know if, I mean, if I have a style, I've always kind of, I've always kind of relegated myself to saying that I'm basically a, uh, an abstract expressionist caught in a, uh, a modernist body. Um, you know, I mean, I like, I've always respected this kind of the Swiss cleanliness. I think, I think I'm a closet neat freak. Um, but at the same time, I respond to, um, abstract expressionist artists like Cy Twombly and Julian Schnabel and Motherwell and Rauschenberg and, you know, Franz, Franz Klein. Oh my God. And as far as the message, it's always just been, um, you know, the, 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 the best part of my process, whether it's working on something for myself or working on a client-based thing, the best part of my process is just me being able to sit down and say, and this is the strongest thing a designer can do, is sit down and say, what do I think? What do I think on this subject? What's my opinion? And then from then on, it's just trying to figure out how to get that out in, in you know, in two dimensions on ink on paper. A lot of the, the topics that, be, that are brought up here, people have a hard time distinguishing art and design. And I think. Yeah, I think that's fucked up, too. I think that's I think that's like that's a clog in there. That's a clog in their personality. There's no difference. And, and at the same time, it's still self-expression. But what you just said, it's like, what do I think? But at the same time, you're strategically position it to how can others enjoy it or someone else get value from yeah, it. I, I think it's hilarious. I get that question a lot. It's like, Mr. Victoria, you know, but these pieces, these pieces you made, these early pieces, like, you know, the dead Indian or racist, yeah. like, the, the, you know, these are self-authored. So, so they're more like art. And I'm like, oh, you're one of those people who gives a shit about that. See, I don't, I don't, I don't waste my time thinking about um, how artistic you know, other people's work are, or my work. Um, it's just the, the things that I want to see out in the world is, is that's what I make. 
Yeah, I think that's what we all need to take, you know, a cue from that as well and stop worrying about what other people say all the time. I find that designers love rules. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm outside of the, you know, if you're one of those designers, you're not going to like, you know, me or what I have to say. I'm kind of outside of that. I'm like, okay, that's nice. In <laughs> the motto, I, I, I think I saw you on Instagram post this recently, but I, my motto I live by is you can't make everyone happy. You are not pizza. And I spent my whole life trying to be pizza and you can't fucking please everyone. You know, pizza would be great. I say oatmeal. <laughs> but let's go on please tell tell me <laughs> you know i mean like you know if, if the work is not coming from you and it doesn't have your opinion and your your sense of sexuality your sense of the macabre your sense of your shyness yeah. the weirdness then what is it what are you putting into your work so you know i mean you're trying to make work that other people like yeah and you end up making oatmeal because everybody likes oatmeal <laughs> yeah somewhat so it's safe you tiptoe in the lines thoroughly digestible and it you know it's easy to clean up i don't know and that's so many people are worried about riding the fence and playing it safe but when you have a dangerous idea i know that's big for you everything is about dangerous ideas and if you can go a little bit deeper into what exactly is a dangerous idea and why artists and designers or any type of a creative should stop trying to play it safe well, to take it a little bit further, Scott, is that um, I try to live a dangerous life because I think that the search for comfort and security that most Americans are involved in doesn't lead them to the, the places that they thought they were going to go, right? And, you know, I have used that word in a number of different ways. Uh, I used it for... for um, um, well, the podcast that I have now is called Dangerous Ideas. Um, and um, it's actually the subtitle of, of my book as well. And it's called Dangerous Ideas on the Business of Life. And why they are dangerous ideas is because they're dangerous to your sense of self. They're dangerous to your comfort and security. They challenge your ego and your creativity. You know, I was in a podcast situation recently, and I won't mention any names or anything but the interviewer said you know they had read the book and they said you know that a lot of what you're asking in here is really hard and i just felt like i didn't say it because i was being polite but what i wanted to say was well that's because you're a lazy coward because you don't want to do the work that unfortunately when you say oh james the things you ask are hard that's that's your default yeah that's, and, and you know what? It's probably your, react, your response to everything that comes at you, which is why you will never become bigger than you are. You will never be, have a bigger, better life. You will always be complaining <laughs> because everything that comes at you is everything is hard. Yes, if you think about it like that, it's supposed to be. I don't do easy. I love that. Yeah, most people do live in that default. A dangerous life is, 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 is very important to me. Yeah. Well, outside of design and everything, what, what else do you do that's dangerous, that, that rattles the cage, that shakes up your existence? Outside of just being a designer and a creative, you know, more than that. What do I do that's dangerous? Um, I have always been a fan of uh, motorized sports, uh, particularly uh, dirt bikes and uh, trials bikes. And I've got a dirt bike and I've got a trials bike and I ride on my property. And before the end of last year, I was out for a ride. On, uh, on my trials bike, which is a goofy looking bike that has no seat, you know, you don't sit down and it basically allows you to, it's super light and super torquey. So it allows you to like climb and ride over things that you're not supposed to be able to climb and ride over. So, uh, long story short, um, um, I did something. 
I don't know, or I don't remember what. Um, I blipped, I think. And it's an electric bike, so it doesn't have a clutch to pull in. So I think I just blipped and the bike threw me. And I don't even remember the accident, but I was climbing up a, a, out of a stream bed, up a rocky uh, stream side, and uh, I had nothing to catch on the way back. And I fell on my right side, smack dab in the middle of a, a rocky stream. And I don't know if I blacked out or not, but anyway, I kind of woke up just like out of the movies when they people go, kind of just go <clears throat> like this. <clears throat> and I knew something was wrong. And then I, my first thought was I knew something wrong. Second thought, I was like, I don't have my phone on me and there's nobody at the house. So I had to walk. Uh, I started, I cradled my arm and I walked um, half a mile of the house to call my, uh, call my wife, call the EMT, blah, blah, blah. Short, long story short is I had uh, 10 broken ribs and a broken collarbone and a partially separated lung. So it was like hard to, you know, even breathe. And that is 10, 10 weeks, 10 weeks ago. Um, and I'm still, I'm going through, I love saying I'm in rehab <laughs> and I'm going through PT and fixing it and um, still in, you know, a lot of pain. And the reason I talk about it um, is because that may be a dangerous sport. It may be a dangerous way to live. And people say, well, you're, you know, what does your wife say? I'm like, I don't have that kind of wife. My fucking wife doesn't tell me what she loves me. She loves it when I ride and when I make my when I do what I love. Don't give me that bullshit. That, a better person that, for doing it. That 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 default. Yeah. <laughs> right. The wife. Um. Um. And it's given me the opportunity that to understand that pain is a this 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 pain is my teacher. And if I do not learn from it and do not become again do not become a bigger and better and stronger person from this process, then I'm an idiot. Then the accident was stupid and the pain is just hurt. And the reason I bring it up in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a larger format is that we all have, I have, I have not right now what I call my cruising pain, which is today it's hurts like a motherfucker, but usually it's just like, you know, it's always there and it's, you know, today is particularly heightened, but it's cruising pain. I can get around. I can get, I can get in the truck. I can go to, you know, Home Depot. I can't carry anything, but I can get around. And um, so um, we all carry pain. You know, most people are like, well, I don't carry any pain. I'm like, yeah, you do. You, Everyone it's, does. It's, it's fear. It's your, it's, your, it's your fear to ask for what you're worth. It's your fear to, you're in a, you're in a relationship that chafes and you're, you're afraid to have that conversation. It's your fear that um, it's this body that you wake up in. You're like, oh, that's, how did this happen? You know, um, it's the fear that, you know, that it's your default response that everything is hard. It's all these things. And unless I deal with this and go to PT and do the home exercises and not take the heavy ass opioids that I have stuck away in the closet, right? And stay off of that shit, face this thing. My life will become smaller. It will, I will become bent. I'll become less mobile, less flexible. And unless you deal with your own fears and pains, 
your life is going to become bent. You will be less flexible. Your life will get smaller and smaller every year, just like, just like most people's or like, like, you know, like your grandparents or your parents, you know, you worry all, you all of a sudden you're afraid when the phone rings, you're like, Oh, who, I, who's, who's this? I don't know who this is. Like, just, just fucking answer it. <laughs> Airs, right? It's not the Grim Reaper call. Those overseas calls of the IRS is coming your way, you know? Yeah, right, right. It's so funny. My son, I've got a, you know, I've got two little kids and I've got a, um, an 18 year old. And I taught him years ago. He used to say, you know, dad, I'm in trouble. I'm like, I used to say, are the, I, are the IRA coming to kill you, son? He'd say, no. Said, well, then you're not in trouble. So, t- so talk to me. <laughs> you know it, it's 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 you know one thing i was teaching when i was teaching in the school of visual arts i'd give these crazy assignments and i realized over the years that basically all of the assignments were answered in um by using perspective because perspective is everything it's like what what is what is big and what is small what is important what's not important you know um, what is love and what is hate? All these kind of, you know, it's like, and it's always your attitude towards these things that makes them so. So, you know, with the pain and the and the fear thing, again, it's the same thing. It's like, what you know, you, what's your attitude towards it? It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna depict, you know, your character, who you are. What do you think was the biggest learning lesson that you've plucked out of this experience? And then next, I'm big on fear. Everything that's terrified the fuck out of me growing up has all been the thing that's kind of nudged me towards the person I'm supposed to become. So what do you think is the biggest learning lesson that you got out of this um, this incident that you have? And then currently, what's the biggest thing that scares you? Because from my perspective, it's hard to see something, someone who's achieved so much that you could be afraid of something. You know, the biggest thing it's taught me that is that it, that it can talk, that it can teach me that it can be, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I have to do this. I don't, I don't really have a choice. Most people have a choice. They can just, you know, turn a blind eye and get, you know, have their lives be affected by it all the time. Not, you know, not changed. I can't because, you know, I've got a beautiful, sexy wife. I've got little kids. I want to be active. I want to ride. I want to ski. I want to, you know, travel. I want to, you know, um, um, and what's, I guess the biggest thing is that, you know, that, that I can get through this. If you would have said, okay, James, here's what's going to happen. Tomorrow, you're going to be out doing what you love. And about three quarters of the way through, we're going to destroy half your body. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, is there a, an option? Is there a, a B? Can I choose option B? <laughs> you know, I didn't have the, the thing. And it's funny because again, attitude and perspective. I, I'm in the ICU. I've got, you know, I'm on, I'm on three opioids and ketamine and the pain is still, that's like a horse tranquilizer. Oh fuck. Yeah. No, it's, and it, and it still didn't work. And they have a, there's a tube going down into my, into my lung. And my wife tells me, she said, James, your heart needed to get bigger and your body needed to make way. Damn. That's it. So this is the process now. This is how I grow. And it's fine. What's the biggest thing that scares you right now? <laughs> today, it's like, today, it's like, oh my God, this is, this sucks. And I'm like, well, you know, is it working? Am I, you know, getting better? Am I, you know, that's, that, that's something that, but I have to, I have to, you know, I've gotten, when I, when I was in the hospital, I wrote, when I was out of the hospital and in a rehab clinic, I wrote that, um, I wrote myself a little prayer and I said, thank you for the 
the, the, the pain I had today and the less of it I'll have tomorrow. And thank you for the mobility I had today and the more of it I'll have tomorrow. And thank you for this experience and I hope I never have to fucking experience it again, you know? Um, so I have to like learn to breathe through these things and understand, you know, just like anybody else is like, you know, I've just got canned. What do I do? Let me go drink and let me go complain. Let me go. Why don't you just sit back and go, okay, I can do this. You know, what's next? This is a, this is an opportunity. You know, we, we, you know, the failure thing is, is huge, but you know, just like fear, it's, you know, you understand it's just a great motivator. Again, it's just a perspective shift. Exactly. The biggest thing for me has always been that adversity is kind of that bridge that is taking you to the learning lesson. I say 90% of our populations has some type of adversity and it fucks their life up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's that default setting like you talked about. Oh yeah. No, no. One thing happens to you and it completely changes the direction of your path. It completely changes who you are. But you know, I was in, I was in the rehab clinic and the, 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 there was a, you know, young enough woman next to me and I'm going, they're making me go through these things with my arm and I'm like, okay, let's do this motherfucker, motherfucker. Like, and the other, the woman over there, like they're saying, well, you know, can you, can you do this thing? She's like, no, I don't think so. I'm like, well, now you can't because you just fucking told yourself that. Mental. What are you crazy? Yeah, no, we just would rather, we would rather not face ourselves it's just easier to become smaller it's just easier to believe the stories that we tell ourselves yes exactly i've believed so many stories my whole life yes yes we identify that with that now yeah we identify with how bent over we are or how fat we are or how uncomfortable we are or how sad we are that's like who i am now identity for sure which is crazy it's not it's not. It's what you've told yourself. And, you, and unfortunately, you tell yourself too many times and it becomes a habit. Are you back on the bike now? No, I can't even. I can't even. I can't even get, you know, two on. No, you know, they, pro athletes take a year. Shit. Pro athletes are, you know, 30. <laughs> 25. <laughs> I ain't 25. I'm 30 and I'm not a fucking pro athlete, man. I've dealt with like herniated discs and all that stuff from football and heavy medication. I, I feel for you for sure having my back blown out it's okay that's just what i'm doing it's all yeah well i want to talk so i've i'm binger of your dangerous ideas episode and i'm big on serving and i used to kind of be weirded out about it people not take me seriously or people make fun of me because i'm not that badass designer you know and and look at my clientele and this is that i had this edge to me and i don't want to show this empathetic side to me but yeah right it's crazy i know i know and that's what this platform perspective podcast is is on is creative personal development then you can have the skills to unlock that success in your creative career and i think it was uh, episode 15 and you said it humans are at their best when they serve others it's that's the highest role we have yes yes and i'd love to hear you expand on this because it sounds like you're in this new mental paradigm shift where you did the design you did the creativity you got all these accolades but you're in like this new realm and you've always done this, but now it seems like you're really enlightened on this new path. Well, you, you know, I just, you know, I've, I've, I realize what those other things have gotten me, you know, and for, first of all, like you said, I'm in, um, I'm in Texas, but I'm not in Austin. I'm in rural Texas, you know, 35 miles outside Austin, seven miles to the closest bar. 
And um, people say, well, what's that like? I'm like, well, it wasn't a career move. <laughs> I didn't move here to, to make my career better. Um, but what it's done for both myself and for my wife is that, I, is that it's, it's, it's given us the opportunity, again, like, uh, like pain, like anything else, a move. It's given us the opportunity to learn how to make a living based on our creativity. You know, we were able to stand back and go, okay, if, if you think you're so fucking creative, what are you going to do now? You know, here, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to hobble you this way. What are you going to do now? You know, and it's funny because I remember there was a, I was reading an article about a vet guy who came back from, uh, from Afghanistan and he, uh, he lost his legs and he was doing, you know, just amazing, amazing work helping people. And somebody said, how, how is it that you can, you, can, you can do so much without your legs? And his answer was, how can you do so little with yours? Perspective. You know, so I've realized that, you know, I've had a really nice career. I've fought my ass off for creativity. You know, money was never the objective, which is totally un-American, I know. But money was never the objective. It was I made decisions based on creativity and love and um, family. And I realized that if I was a commercial, literally a commercial designer right now, I would be less of a person than I am now because I'd be – I'd be still in that situation where you're 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 at the in the losing end of compromise most of the time where you're where you're in the back of your mind you know you're supposed to be making work that makes other people happy instead of yourself you know and I think a lot of people are in that in that field and when I say these things they become terribly resistant of course because that's you know the default but I've realized that that when I challenge myself and when I put myself in these situations, again, living dangerously, hey, James, why don't you just move to, you know, small town Texas and try to make a living as an international <laughs> designer and, you know, continue your world domination from, you know, a, 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 a ranch. But you know what? With the right attitude and with the right perspective, you know, you, you can't stop me. Shit. Love it. <laughs> that's gonna be the intro little nugget that people hear the first thing when they get queued off in this episode to fire them up <laughs> i just i just wrote my publisher with a with a, a list of like five to seven new things and they wrote back and they were like oh, goody 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 because you know i mean they didn't ask for it they didn't ask for those things this fucking book isn't even out and i'm already hot and horny on the next thing i'm like and halfway through writing the next book, you know, people don't ask me for uh, creative workshops. People don't ask me for, "Hey, James, when's a new when's a new um, a new silkscreen limited edition print coming out?" <laughs> you know, you got to understand that you know people don't come looking for you for that. You that that comes from you, and that comes from you know how much do you want it? Again, it's the default that it's the default that says that says, "Oh, it's hard." Okay, for you, it's going to be very hard but how much do you want it? And so many people are looking for permission to do these things. You got it. I run a day job. I come from a small part of Iowa. Nobody's telling me permission to do this podcast, to do freelance, to do my creative coaching program. Nobody gives me permission to do this shit. I'm, I'm in the trenches making this happen outside of it, speaking with people like you on a lunch break in a fucking day. Beautiful. And, you know, the thing is, in the back of your mind, you know, you, you know, 
other people who are listening in have to understand that in the back of my mind, in the back of your mind, what's going on when you're doing these things and when you're taking that permission, the back of your mind is going, all these critics, all these voices, these people you look up to going, who do you think you are? You? Oh man, I, I get it all the time. And I'm sure you get it on a whole nother, how do you deal with a hater? I saw you had a brilliant response the other day to someone who left something to your, your book review. It's, you know, you know, the best way I have to deal, I have to deal with it is I, I show it to my wife and she's like, James, it's okay. <laughs> because, you know, first of all, you know, we, you know, we have to understand that it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing. I'm just, I'm walking down the street and, you know, somebody says, you know, and it's funny because what we, what happens is when you, when you deal with haters, what happens is all of a sudden you're in that mode now. You're giving them the power. What happens is you're giving them the power, but all of a sudden you're just reacting. And, and, and I was in, when I was in New York, I was hanging out with, with this amazing guy, a friend of mine, a pal of mine, my chairman at SVA, Richard Wilde, guru of gurus. And um, we're having um, lunch at this, you know, wildly expensive Gramercy Tavern. And the conversation was about how we are puppets. We are puppets to our thoughts. So if someone comes and says, you know, has it a thing, you all of a sudden you're like, wait, 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 wait you, well, you, oh yeah, oh, you, you know, and it's all of a sudden you're like, you're a puppet. You're not even in control anymore. It's a huge idea. It's a huge idea to understand. Um, and you can only, and you can only, you can only deal with it when you thoroughly know yourself and when you're confident and you're like, okay, this doesn't have anything to do with me. That thing that I posted, I thought was more funny than anything and when i come up with a with a a witty <laughs> not only a witty rejoinder but a there was value baked into it a teaching point yeah then 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 i'll then i'll post then i'll post it yeah i thought it was great yeah I, I i don't want to deal with the haters and i and i'm and i'm you know the book hasn't come out yet and uh, scotty I, I i live in fear that someone's not going to like it but someone's not going to like it but at the same time someone's going to love it and it was meant exactly for them, which is like the powerful part. My mind has to remind me when I get that nasty review. Well, what my, my hope and prayer is um, some mom is going to like it and she's going to hand it off to her 12 year old and it's going to set them on fire. That would be, that would be awesome. That's dope. That would be. Cause I think, I think, I think if I made a mistake with this book, I should have, I, I should have actually made it as a, um, you know, a, a young adult thing. Cause I think, the, I think the ramifications for that entry level is huge. And that title will get them. That title will get them. Yeah. Well, the title would be, you know, spark my attention on that, that millennial age. I'm like, Oh, fake, fake perfection. Potty humor works all the time. But you know, I think it works for college kids. I think I've already heard from, 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 you know, 56 year old, you know, mid career people that, you know, my mother, who is, uh, you know, early 80s, I sent one to her and, and she said, I wish I would have read this when I was much younger. There's such good advice in it. And I'm like, damn, awesome. I want to take a second and give a huge shout out to our sponsor today, Audible. And if you're a listener of the show, you know my love and appreciation for Audible, their services, and just audiobooks in general. And today I have a prospective podcast listener-only deal for you. 
you have a golden opportunity to get started with a free audiobook download along with a free 30-day trial that gives you the opportunity to check out these services as well. And with this free audiobook, my top recommendations are always going to be The Alchemist. That's my favorite book. Otherwise, Atomic Habits by James Clear and This Is Marketing by Seth Godin are what I've been vibing to the most. So to download your free audiobook right now, go to audibletrial.com slash perspective podcast. Again, audibletrial.com slash perspective podcast for your free audiobook. You can thank me later. Thanks, Audible. So just pivot real quick in talking feck perfection. That's fun to say. I, I really want to just say fuck perfection at the same time. Dude, worst title. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't think so. Again, that's what I do. I'm, I'm willing to go there. That's a dangerous idea. I am willing to go there. Super dangerous. I love it. Terrible title because you can't say it and you can't spell it. But in a bookstore, you're going to see that thing in the bookstore and you're going to go. Someone's going to think they're dyslexic. And is like, that English? What is that? And then there's a schmooch across the cover and it's just like, um, what? <laughs> dangerous indeed. So we'll talk briefly about it. Can't wait for my copy to get in. Um, as this episode comes out, your book just dropped yesterday. Effect perfection. What's it about and who's it for? I was in an interview two weeks ago and the guy said, what was your target audience? And I said, oh, no, 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 no. You think I'm the fucking type of guy who thinks about target audience? I'm the target audience. It's made for you. I wrote this book for me. This is everything that I use to get out of bed in the morning. This is everything I use daily, monthly to, to, to teach to people who come to me and to use in my own life that I can, that I can you know, try to live a, a happier, more creative life. I mean, that's the audience. What I have found throughout my career, even when I was, you know, 20 and 19, you know, making little, I was working, I was working in a ski shop um, and making little um, doodles on post-it notes and leaving them around, you know, like a little punky, leaving them. And people, I know for a fact that people have take, took them and they have them framed in their houses still. So I know that when I allow myself to play, it has meaning to other people. So for me, that was the process of like, I made this book for me and I'm going to try to play as much as possible because in a particular lies the universal. The more authentic and the more vulnerable and the more truthful I can be in this process, um, the more meaning it will have to you and the more you will be able to see yourself in it. So that's the process and that's who the book is for. And like I said, I hope it, I hope it speaks to other people. I think it's, Perfect, because the content I create is for that last, that lost soul. I was fucking lost, depressed, hella anxiety five, six years ago, a couple years out of college, and I create content for that lost soul. And it just happens to resonate with other people who are lost in the same spot. I mean, you know, if you were a dancer, you go out on stage and you dance for yourself. You dance. This is, this is my gift. I'm going to do it as well as I can and make myself happy. And in that process, I hope that there's a gift for others. Awesome. That's all. So this book is play. I mean, serious play. Serious play, <laughs> dangerous. I, you play. know, I want, I want, you know, if someone's, I know that people read it and it's like, they'll say, oh, it was a quick read. I read it in two hours and now I'm done and we'll get nothing from it. And that's fine. But I also put enough in there that, that if you chose 
a point, five points from it and applied this to your life, I know that um, change will happen. I know that it'd be an, an attitude adjustment. You know, it should be funny. It should say on the, it should say on the, a sticker on the front of the book, like if you buy it in the store, you pay for it, and then you walk away, and the, uh, the, the girl at the counter, the guy at the counter is supposed to take the book and <laughs> bonk you on the head with it, right? It's like a thwack upside the head. Yeah, so it's totally, an, you know, there's an, it's a, there's an attitude adjustment. If you're willing to listen. You know, I, I, I wrote yesterday that, you know, it's, it's think and grow rich with pictures. Ah, um, perfect. Think, think and grow rich was, is a, a seminal, you know, it's a, it's a self-help business book, but it was amazing. And to, to myself and a lot of my friends, it's, it's like we still live by some of the things in it. I'm big on law of attraction. That's, that's very big, putting intention, universe, all that. That's Yeah, the whole thing about not having sex. I don't know about that part. I just had a kid, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm hoping that, that people will, will, will see it in that vein. And also, you know, it's pretty. There's like, you know, you know made a bunch of art, a bunch of new stuff in it. We're going to be plugging it for sure. So uh, there's going to be a lot of listeners that are attending Crop, and Crop is sponsoring this right now. Are you going to have the book for sale there? Will there be a table? Okay. Yeah, we'll have, there'll be a limited number, but there'll be a, there'll be a book for sale. And I'm teaming up with, um, you mentioned uh, Tony and the guys at Industry, a family of mine uh, uh, here in Austin. Um, and we're, I'm teaming up with them and I'll be at their table and they're making some special little, uh, special little effect perfection product. Listeners of the show will be hawking all over that, but I get first in line. So cool. Hell yeah. Okay. Um, before we go into rapid fire questions, I got some fun little quirky things at the end just to kind of lighten the mood real quick. But this is always the one that hits home most for people, especially me when I hear these answers from people. But what's one piece of advice you give to your past self when you were just starting off? You know, it's funny. It's, uh, uh, the, it's, it's in the book. <laughs> <laughs> you can give a, a small spoiler alert. Tell them which page to go to. <laughs> I'll read it. All right. Let me see. Where is it? It's towards the end. Oh, yeah. It's um, a younger me. And here's the, there's the younger me. <laughs> so you always had that handlebar, huh? It's, uh, it's num number 70. I call it chapter, but it's number 76. I said, a few years ago, a colleague asked me to pen a short message to his son on the occasion of his 21st birthday. It was to be part of a collection of advice from his dad's friends, a thoughtful gift to help prepare the boy for the future. What could I add to this guide that would have meaning and provide comfort? Since the best gifts are the ones we want for ourselves, I, know I only needed to ask what I would say to my own younger self upon entering adulthood. What could have eased my own way and calmed the path? For both myself and my friend's son, relax was my only thought. I tend to turn life, into a, uh, life and work into a sausage-making race, grinding everything through a sm small sphincter and trying to control the outcome. But control is a myth, and as much as I try, life refuses to be wrangled. And trying to wrangle it ends up uh, with me fighting myself. Relax and trust the process. Trust the stars and trust yourself. Let everything happen to you in its course, then take a deep breath and relax. So that would be my advice. Not as much rapid fire as you wanted. but Hey, that's cool. <laughs> I was actually going to ask that earlier but that's not the rapid fire now we're going in the rapid fire and maybe i'll have to tweak this one yeah, i suck at this but go on uh, dude it's <laughs> it's just a, a fun way of the segment if we go on a five minute tangent because usually i go on tangents you're good um if you were on death row 
we might have to tweak this one. If you were on death row, what would your last slice of pizza be? Or if you were on death row, how would you make the best, dopest, raddest oatmeal in the world? Yeah, it would probably be like, um, um, definitely like uh, uh, broccoli and sausage. Cause I'm like, uh, I like vegetables on my pizza or, 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 um, a super Hawaiian. Yeah. Love, love pineapple and ham on some pizza. people get so worked up about that shit. Like that's I, I, not for rules, me. Rules. Rules. I, I it's P- like pizza let, has rules. Let people enjoy things. <laughs> let people enjoy no, things. Pizza has rules. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to have to take like a screenshot of that one and post it on Instagram for you. Sure. Beautiful. Dang, who does your eyebrows, man? If you could have lunch with one person, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Uh, you know, it comes up. It, what comes up quick is uh, is uh, uh, Joseph Campbell. Okay. Um, Hero with a thousand faces. That author, uh, uh, David Foster Wallace, to have a conversation with him. Historically, I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of uh, Winston Churchill. So uh, yeah, I could go on for for a while. Evil Knievel would be awesome. To- I could see that one for sure. Mine's like Bob Ross and Stephen King. Really? Yeah. I'm, I love the horror side of things, but I also like Bob Ross. I grew up, I didn't have cable, so it was always Bob Ross and a squirrel in his fucking pocket painting. And I loved it. Uh, Stephen King is amazing. Have you read his book On Writing? On Writing. Yes. Yep. Yep. That thing is a beast, but I'm not like an actual, I own books, but I listen best versus um, audiobooks. So I consume that. So I have the audiobook version of that on writing for sure. Um, again, tangents. Uh, cats or dogs? I've never asked anybody this one. Dogs. Dogs? You got some? I have had cats historically, um, but uh, dogs. We're thinking about it now. Yeah, we got cats over here. Too crazy of a lifestyle. Do not own it, but we we're thinking about dogs. Um, although we've got to, uh, we we you know we live in uh, on a, on a fifty acre ranch and we have um, uh, coyotes. Oh, okay. So yeah, no, I've I've literally found um, dog collars with tags on them out in the out in the field. Okay, maybe <laughs> just get an indoor bird. No tiny dogs out <laughs> no here. No tiny dog. Okay, what's your go-to art weapon of choice? That artillery. Oh, you know the go-to is the is the uh, the, the paint pen, the black black paint pen. Sharpie makes a black paint pen. Um, so does a. I don't know the other company, but uh, and always customized. Always never ride never ride stock, dude. Never ride stock. Okay. Last one before we sign off. What's the one piece of work you're most proud of and why? Or the one that you think is most dangerous that made the biggest impact? Quickly, three things come to mind. Uh, the first thing is uh, my, my first poster, which is the, the, the Dead Indians, because Celebrate Columbus. Yeah. It took on a life of its own after... Cops were tearing it down and after everything. I made it. Oh, yeah. The whole, that, the whole that story. That got your jollies off, I bet. Huh? So great. And then, and then uh, my first book, which was uh, Victoria or Who Died and Made You Boss. So it's a, it's a, it's, it's a good book and it's also a really good read. And then, you know, I'm really, really, I put a lot, I put a lot of myself into this one and I'm just like, uh, that's why I'm kind of like, <gasps> I'm trying not to think about it too much. I'm just going, you know what? It's, it's done. It's going to hit the right people. I'm still for it. It's written and it's going to go out. So it's, up, you know, it's not up to me anymore. You'll crush it. People like me are going to be there supporting and plugging it for you. Where can people go to find you online and support you? We are just about to open up a brand new jamesvictoria.com. There's so much good new stuff on there. Um, and if they, subs- if they go to um, even the current jamesvictoria.com or they go to effectperfection.com, you can um, subscribe 
where you'll get our, our newsletter that keeps you up to date and everything. But you will also get a series of free um, videos. Um, and the first one is uh, uh, the five things you need to know to live a creative life. So um, subscribing to jamesvittori.com or effectperfection.com um, um, is a good deal. And what about your Patreon too? I know you got a big crowd of supporters yeah, over there. If you go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, um, you know, and go to James Victory, there's a dangerous ideas and that's the that's that's the podcast and it's so funny because i was last week i was just in new york and when i i woke up monday morning in new york ready to like go you know kill it with interviews um my assistant texted me and said i found another job and <laughs> so i'm like come home to like okay so how do i turn a wav into an mp3 and <laughs> So, so that's where I am now. So yeah, they can go. I, I can help you out. If you going. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, I might call you on that. Dude, uh, I can knock it out today. Again, you, 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 you know, you can't stop me. It's okay. Uh, so yeah, there's a bunch of ways to get in touch with me, but they all go through jamesvictory.com. I'll link it all up in the show notes, man. Thank you so much for your time today. That means the world to me. A little guy in Iowa able to talk with one of his heroes and just shoot the shit over things creative and helping other creatives, you know, live their best, most creative life. That's like a dream to me. So thank you so much. I know people are going to dig the hell out of this. Cool. Do me, do me a favor and never refer to yourself as a little guy again. <laughs> a big man in a little town, Iowa. Sorry. Little town yeah. in Iowa. So King of Iowa. The King of Iowa. I like that. I'm trying to get on that Ashton Kutcher level. So <laughs> thanks so much for your time. Take it easy. Have a killer day. Thank you. Awesome, man. Thanks. PC family, James freaking Victoria. James, no doubt, was the perfect guest for this show. He navigates these tough topics that this show, the Perspective Podcast, is built on with such a savage yet inspiring perspective. And listen to him talk today and just listen to all of his content on his podcast and in his book. You know, it really gets me fired up and lets me know that I'm on the right path with how I approach designing my life and not living by default and not trying to be oatmeal where everyone loves me, okay? Try to be polarizing, not be filtered and have an interesting opinion. So if what James said made an impact on you today, you know what to do. Please go blow him up right now with some love over on Instagram at James Victoria and let him know what your biggest takeaway was. I know you have a crazy schedule, James. So thank you so much for taking the time to melt our faces with bold, creative value. We appreciate the hell out of you, brother. And also, if you want to win that free copy of his latest book, Feck Perfection, make sure to share this episode on your Instagram stories and tag both James and I. Again, I'll be announcing the winner next Wednesday, a week from now. So you got time to listen, share, get this out here. Go support James. Go buy his book. Thanks again, James. You rock. If you're digging what you hear and this show has made an impact on your creative grind or your life in general, there are a few ways you can support the show. First off is by financially supporting the show and backing it over at patreon.com slash perspective podcast like my friends Iron Bean Coffee Company did. All right, they've been a big supporter through Patreon and I'm so happy to announce their name as a credit into this show. Also, the second way you can do this is super easy is by subscribing and leaving a rating and review over an Apple podcast or iTunes depending on where you're accessing it. And not only does this help the show climb up the charts in the design arts category, but it also lets me return the love to you by giving you a shout out as the listener of the week, which also gets your name mentioned in the show notes as well as in the newsletter. And 
as you know, I tell you every week, I am able to read international reviews now and I see those coming in. I'm adding you to the queue of Listener of the Week. And this week's Listener of the Week goes to Oliver One from USA. They titled this one, New Listener and Hooked. They state, new to this podcast, but I feel like I found a podcast I've been searching for. Currently digging my way out of creative rut, and this is perfect to get me going and achieve my goals. I really enjoy the way Scotty Russell expresses the true nature of top designers and how down to earth he is. Gee, thank you so much. Big fan of Nick Slater and listening to him explain his process and aspects he's improving in his life shines a beam of hope into my life. Going back to catch up, catch me on Instagram at underscore sweetness. And make sure you plug your Instagram there. I will definitely give you a plug as the listener of the week. And as I wrap things up, I want to give a huge thank you to my podcast editor, Anya Brennan, executive assistant, Paige Garland, and my video specialist, Colton Bacher. You three are the glue that makes this happen. Thank you so much. And a huge shout out goes to Nick Jenkins of Bluka for all the dope theme music you hear on the show. Listen and support him at SoundCloud, Spotify, and Instagram at Bluka. That's B-L-O-O-K-A-H. And as you finish off your week strong, I want to continue to encourage you to keep showing up, keep putting in the work, and keep creating. You got this. <laughs>